Okay, so let's get going for today. We're gonna to be talking about ways to find people to talk to so that you can get beyond what you have it, you know, currently in your market. You know, a lot of times people will talk about, you know, I don't have people that are in my area or I live in the boonies or I just moved here and things like that. So we're gonna get into that in just a second. But first, you know, let me introduce myself for those of you that have not heard me before. I am Jen Springer and I've been in network marketing since 2001. And back in the old days, you know, we did not have the internet really. I mean, Google was kind of a thing and we dialed up with like our phone line and Netscape ruled the world. And so did um, AOL, you know, you got mail <laughs> movie was out at that time. And so the internet was very much in its infancy. So we built the old way and I'm the type of person that did not have a huge circle of influence. So I had to go meet people. I had two options. I had the option of first, I could have said, well, I don't know people. So there I could just fail you know, and give up to what I was wanting to do in my uh, business, which for me was really about getting out of corporate America. Let me just share my screen here. Share. Okay. So I, I wanted to get out of corporate America so bad that it was really about what did I need to do to get there? And when I hear people say, oh, I don't know anybody here, or I just moved here, and I'm like, there, to me, that's a really great space for opportunity. You know, That is an opportunity in my mind for somebody to get a life. I'll be honest. That's <laughs> just true. You, if you don't have friends, you just move somewhere. If you don't have any friends and you've lived somewhere for a long time and your market is really small, then you need to get a life. If you just move to an area that is remote, or not remote, but even if it's a new spot, it's not remote, you, you got to get out and meet people. It's just really as simple as that, which is terribly exciting. And for me, being an introvert, you know, my circle of influence was small. It was the people I worked with in my family. And that was it. And my, you know, circle of influence beyond that was very, very small. So I had to get creative to build my business. I could either rest on my laurels and say, oh, I'm an introvert. I really don't want to go meet people and I really think that it's time for me to just, you know, let it be that it's not going to grow and you know that's bull honky. You know, especially if you're an introvert, you know, we often lie, rely on that. You know, I would say that for sure. I'd be like, well, you know, I, I just like to be alone or I don't want to, you know, go out and meet people or because it took effort <laughs> to do that. And so what I found was I had to decide, was I going to let my introvertedness, I know it's not even a word, or my desire to leave corporate really run my life? And that is the same decision that we have to make if we live in a new area, or if we live in a remote area, or if we run out of people to talk to. So today I'm going to get into different ways that we can get into new markets locally because there's a million ways to do it. And when you go on a, how do you want to say, uh, 
a binge <laughs> and you go crazy and you make massive action, you're going to get a massive result. And always remember, it's going to take at least 30 days, not 30 days, uh, three months, 90 days to six months to really see the fruit of your labors. It's just like planting a, a, you know, a tomato plant. You, know, you put the pet seed in the ground and you stare at it for a while before it peeks through the ground. And even when it peeks through the ground, you still don't have tomatoes. It's the same thing with this business. You have to sow a lot of seeds and fertilize the soil and water until your prospects start to pop and you know, where you sponsor them. It doesn't matter if you're leading with the product or the business. And that's why we have to be patient. We really have to have the skill in our business to be able to do this. I mean, you know, that's part of it too. You have to know how to talk to people. And one of the things that I like to share, and many, many people do, I originally learned this from Danny Johnson back in 2007, when she first started teaching coming out of her retirement, you know, being an introvert myself, and I've lived in remote areas, you know, I moved to Fargo in 2010, and I didn't know a soul. Okay, well, I knew one soul, it was Monty, <laughs> but I didn't know anybody outside of that. So I had to do the things I'm going to show you today or talk to you about today. Now, the other thing was when I started my business back you know, in 2001, being an introvert, I really had a lot of social anxiety with talking to new people. I worked through that because I wanted to make money and get out of corporate, but I still was awkward, it was difficult. And so when I learned about this F-O-R-M or forming, as we like to say in the network marketing industry, you know, when you meet somebody, you form them. Well, what does that really mean? Well, if you run out of things to talk to in your brain, just think F-O-R-M. Talk to people about their family, talk to them about their occupation, you know, what they do for a living, talk to them about recreation, or what they like to do for fun. And then the message at the end of the conversation can be many things. It's not always the message of join my company. Okay. <laughs> That's not the message. The message is often, Hey, you know, would you like to get together for coffee sometime? And let's, you know, let's chat more about whatever you talked about. Or the message could be something like at the end of the conversation, it could be something similar to, you know what, my company, you know, is a billion dollar company and they're global and they're looking to expand in this area. And we're looking for a few key leaders to head up some teams. I'd love to pick your brain about it and get some ideas if that's okay. You know, would you like to either, we could do a phone call, but you live nearby. We can always just meet up for coffee or breakfast or something. What do you think? So the message is really not like, hey, give me your credit card and I'm going to enroll you. <laughs> okay. The message is what is the next step to stay in touch with the person? And it might be appropriate just to do a follow-up email. It might be appropriate to set up a coffee date. It just depends on the person. Like if I met some guy and he, you know, lived in the area, I, I don't know if I'd be super quick to be like, hey, let's go on a coffee date. You know, that might be a lot, but it might, I want to, you know, maybe, hey, let's, you know, I got some ideas. I'd love to chat with you. You know, can I call you next week? My, you know, company's expanding in the area and you, you've been here a long time. You know, I'd love to talk to you about that. You know, is that okay? So that's what forming is about. Talk to people about things in their life so that, the conversation is natural. So the first thing I'm going to talk about when you move to a new area or if you don't know anybody 
is the current people that you know, even as you go through your daily life, I mean, if you run in the post office, you're going to have um, people that you're going to meet and then you're going to sponsor. And the people that you sponsor for product or business, you can ask them for referrals. You can say, hey, you know, you're, you know, you're telling me you love the product and it's really helping you sleep and your, you know, life is the best thing ever happened since sliced bread was created or whatever. Do you know anybody else who would like the same thing? You know, then you could ask, you know, is it okay if you do a mutual introduction with me on Facebook or through a text? You know, I, I don't want to be like a weirdo stalking your family or your friends, you know, but if that person that you're telling me hasn't slept very well since they had their baby, maybe, maybe I can help. So when you ask for referrals, I prefer a mutual introduction. Some people have no problem with just getting a phone number and being like, yeah, I'm going to pick it up phone. I'm going to go on it, whatever, or doing a text or something like that. You know, especially now with the day and age of texting, it's a little simpler or Facebook, but personally, I think the best referral is one that somebody does a mutual like three-way through a text or through Facebook. Hey, you know, I'm hooking you two up and I'm then going to leave, you know, type of thing. So it's really important to do this with people that you've sponsored and also through people in your life. You know, the people that say no to you that, you know, are like, I don't want to join your team or your, you know, use your product, ask them for referrals. Would you know anybody who would be interested in working with me to expand the company to, you know, $3 billion in the next, you know, five years that lives in this area? Or, you know, I'm also looking to expand in other markets as well. You know, so you really asking for that second layer of referral and third layer of referral is a very good way to find people that doesn't cost a thing. It's just really about getting over any fears or hesitations of talking to people and asking for referrals. And people typically want to help. So it's a very great way to do it. Um, the second thing is, is one of my favorite ways, which also dovetails on the first one of being able to ask for referrals is to join networking groups because networking groups are all about referral giving and you know going back and forth with that anytime i want to penetrate a new market i join networking groups to find groups of people to jump into and share my opportunity with or my business with the product and so when i moved to fargo i also did this when i lived in illinois i had um yeah, I guess I didn't know anybody. So I joined women's networking groups. I joined chamber of commerces or things like that. So I'm very, um, you know, very much into networking groups. And it really depends on if you are, how do you say, how you decide to work it. You know, it, it, it's just dependent on who do you, you know, want, how do you want to say who do you want to bring in the group with you and who do you want to connect with that you think can help you advance in your business or you can help them vice versa. You know, Monty has done extraordinarily well with networking groups as well. And I, as I, as if I, where we go to the networking groups and you're saying, I'm looking for a certain type of person. I'm looking for a mom who has kids that are, you know, always fussy, or I'm looking for somebody who dot, 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 you know, is working three jobs and, I, you know, you know, whatever you want to say after that. So the thing is with networking groups, there are, 
the pros to them are there's many of them typically throughout your area that you live. Even if you live in a remote area, there are almost always networking groups. Or you can also have chamber of commerces. You can have the um, uh, Rotary Club. You can have sometimes even the um, uh, what was it? Business Networking International has chapters pretty much everywhere. You know, there's you got to think outside the box. You know, networking groups are typically also a good area to find more people that have more networking groups. Because a lot of times, you know, when I got into the Fargo group, I was looking for events to do. And I'll get into that in a minute, you know, local events. And I also wanted to know about more networking groups because there are smaller ones and there are bigger ones. And I like the ones that are about 10 to 15 because you get to know people a little bit better. I like women's networking groups as well, a lot. Um, I, I was in quite a few of those. And with that, I was, um, you know, looking for more. So I would ask, hey, you know, I'm new to the area. I'm looking for some events. You know, what events do you do? Or, you know, something you know, like that. And they would give me more events and I would go to those events. <laughs> or I'd say, well, you know, do you, are you part of any other networking groups? How are they? Because there's a lot of underground unpublicized networking groups that are only brought in by word of mouth. Like we had dollar tipper clubs and, you know, all these, all these networking groups in Fargo, there's a ton of them. And same with when I was in Illinois. So you, you have to put yourself out there and ask. So joining local networking groups, it's really dependent on you being able to um, put yourself out there and then look for the referral. It's, you know, if you go there and you're sitting there like a wallflower, hoping people are going to run up to you and say, I want to join your business. That is not how networking work groups work. You have to work those leads and you have to ask for more referrals or events or whatever you're looking for. And you have to follow through and then it will be very profitable. Some groups are better than others as well. They're not all good. I would recommend visiting as many groups as you can and then deciding which one you want to join because <laughs> some of them are wonderful and some of them like it's like pulling your toenails off so it's just like oh the people are not a good mesh with you or they don't give great referrals or sometimes I've seen networking groups get really weird and spin off and create subgroups and it can get a little weird so join you know them after you've been to them a few times especially BNI Business Networking International, it's very popular, all you know, their little franchises. Those are, with those, you can get in and, and be able to sub for a couple groups as, you know, needed. And you can also, you know, visit a few times before you go and join the group. So that's my word on that. Um, the third thing is, is I like to really get deep into the community calendar. So, this is one of the things that I did very heavily when I started my business initially, because I had grown up doing events with my grandmother and my mother, and we did literally tons of antique shows. And so what I would do is I would search the internet for my local area, and then I would just type in my, on the internet, type in my town, and then I would put in calendar of events. And you will be amazed as to where you live or pick some of the local areas where you can 
type in the name. It could be your town or adjacent towns, or maybe you live 20 minutes from a really big town, like a really, really big town. You just type in all those cities and then put in calendar of events. You will be busy for the next bazillion years looking at events that you can call or contact and get a table to represent your company at. Especially if you have a company that has great products. They're going to love that. And always make sure you ask if somebody else is there representing that company. Okay, you don't want to be doubles. But this is a very, very, very big way that I've grown my business. So you'll find as you go through your area, there's certain websites. You know, the town typically has a community event calendar. There are the local papers, you know, will have since so much has gone digital online, those papers will have the calendar of events. You'll also, you can also get listed for things to do, you know, put in things to do and then your town. You will be blown away if you put in your town, your state and calendar of events or events calendar. It just get everywhere. I'm saying that this this is a, one of the ultimate secrets that I have used to grow my business, for real. It is 100% probably my most ninja secret. Because when you start to go to these little events, it could be a vendor bender, it could be a holiday bazaar, it could be like an Easter bunny thing, or whatever. I've done them for, you name it, the topics. Like I've done little vendor tables at small like businesses where they have like a little community business day. I've had health fairs that I've gone to because of, you know, my products fitting in with that. I've done events in a thousand places. I can't, I mean, I can't even tell you, but I would network with the people at the event and I would say, Hey, you know, do you know of any other good events that you've been to? And they will say, yeah, I'm doing this one next week. And last month I did that. And then you contact those events and get on the calendar for next year. So it's very, very important. And I think too, let me see if I've got this slated in my notes to talk about the, um, yeah, I do. I was going to say, I'm getting ahead of myself. I almost spilled the beans on one of my other, <laughs> one of my other things, because I am a huge fan of, there's a few other things I'm going to share. So the events calendar is my secret weapon. And back in the old days before even the internet, like I couldn't just Google that or, you know, Safari it or <laughs> Internet Explorer it, I mean, whatever. I could not even, there's nothing, very little was available with calendars. So what I did was I had my local papers, you guys, the shopper papers, the penny papers, the heralds, the advocates, you know, whatever paper there was local, I would pick that paper up and go through the calendar of events. And that's how I got my events started then. Now we just have the internet. We just and then find it. So there's no excuse not to be able to do that. We've got the internet. It was like makes it so much easier. Uh, the next thing that I want to share about is vendor events. And this kind of is, is the same going back with the, the calendar of events, because when I look at the calendar of events, I'm looking for vendor events to do. And there are big ones and there are small ones. It just depends on your budget. I've paid $10 a table and I've paid $3,000 for a table for a vendor event. It really depends on your budget. 
vendor events have changed over the years. When I started in 2001, vendor events were just not uh, saturated is the same way. What I mean by saturated is, I don't even know if it was saturated. I think part of it is that market back in 2001 was not overstimulated like we are today. When I went to a vendor event back then, those people would go to the events and they were not getting hit a thousand different ways with marketing. They weren't as numb. Like now people are getting hit through their email, they're getting hit through Facebook, they're getting hit through everything under the sun. If they're on Instagram, no matter what things they're doing online or with their phone, they're getting spammer calls. You know, we're getting hit with everything. Back then it was like the television was what was marketing to you. And now we have all this stuff trying to grab people's attentions. So vendor events, I still believe is very valid, but <laughs> I will say that you might scope out the event ahead of time. You know, if you can get a table or if you can talk to people that have been there in the past or look at their Facebook page to see what it looked like in the past. I will often look at the Facebook pages and see when that event happened in the past and I'll see how many people were walking through the aisles and check that out. I might look at the, if they have a past list, I might even reach out to that, any of those people and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing that show. What do you think about it? Was it good? Do you think it was worth it? Are you going back? And so that might save you a little bit of money and time. And vendor events, it's not always the money, it's a day of time or maybe two days. I've done even three day events or longer. So just, you know, do some recon on that before you commit to those. The other thing I will say for finding vendor events is every town has an event venue, you know, places where events are held, expos, trade shows, you know, sports events, whatever. You can go to their calendar as well and look for events to go to. So that's another little secrety deal. Um, now for local events and you know, getting to know and find more people, you know, like I said, no matter how you're, you know, running your business, online Facebook groups and using the internet locally is definitely a thing. You can find, like, for example, I live in Minnesota. So there are minis, I'm into horses. Okay. I don't have any kids, so I have horses. So I could, there's definitely Facebook groups for Minnesota horse people. There's multiple groups. So you might join groups of your interests that are local and connect with people like that. I know there's local mom groups that you can join, local church groups. You can join, you can look even in groups that you might be in that are, say, bigger. Say if you're a skydiver, and, and this is actually one of the horse groups was the same way. It was not a local group, but we put out on the pinned post, you know, where, welcome, where is everybody from? And I scrolled through that and I met local people on there. And I'm really good friends now with one of those people, actually two of them that I met locally that lived right here near me that I met through Facebook because they posted, like they had a post saying, hey, where's everybody from? You know, I'm just wondering if there's anybody in my area that is on this group. So be bold and don't be sharking people like all of a sudden you're like going in for the throat trying to enroll them. Go make a friend. Say, hey, you know, I, and that's what I did. I'm like, hey, you know, tell me about your horses and 
you know, what are you doing? Are you showing? Blah, 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 blah. And then after I got pinged back and forth with them, then we got together and we had a meeting. Okay, let's get together and brainstorm some ideas for the next coming show season, or I just would love to meet you. And because you've already done your networking and you know they're not totally nuts and you've been watching their Facebook a little bit, you know that they're not like a serial killer, you can then meet with them in person. You make sure they're a human, a real human and not some fake old person. But the online Facebook groups, they may seem like they're general and broad, but again, this goes back to like any networking groups, you can dig deep and find some really good stuff on there locally. You look, look at your calendar of events on Facebook. That's a very promoted thing. They even have an app specifically for that so that you can log in there and look for people that have similar things in common. Facebook is my, is my good buddy <laughs> for all of this. So how can you make a friend? And all of these things I'm saying is the number one thing when you're prospecting, the agenda is not you enrolling those people right off the bat, unless you're like at a vendor booth and you're trying to enroll people like right there and that's kind of what the purpose is. But everything else, you know, making friends with these people first and then, you know, working in what you do for a living or you can help them with something that your company may offer to help with them, you know, that type of thing, you can get very far with that. And I've got some great friends that I've met online that have now become very, very good friends with my, of me personally. So very, very prominent way to help um, get your network expanded so you can be able to, um, to do that, okay? So let's go to the out and about prospecting. So out and about prospecting, this is a skill that you have to develop. This goes back to forming. Uh, forming is that family, occupation, recreation, and then your message of how you're gonna follow up or keep in contact with that person. Out and about prospecting, you can do anywhere. Your grocery store, you can go to, you know, <laughs> um, garage sales, you can go to swap meets, you can go to soccer games, you can go to the gym, whatever your hobbies are. But starting, you know, if you're, in, uh, you know, the type of person, you just moved to an area, you don't know anybody yet, just start conversation with people. Practice, you know, talking to people throughout your day like really seriously being interested in them and having a conversation. You know, going back to the forming, the person that controls the conversation is like the superhero. It, literally, I believe being a good conversationalist is like having a superpower. Absolutely like having a superpower. If you can carry on a conversation where that person, you're engaging them, you're interested in them, you're asking curiosity questions about them and their life and you're learning how they tick, you are going to be seen in favor of that person. They're going to think you're a rock star because you actually care about them. And here you are, you know, making a friend and then, hey, you know, let's chat later about that. Or like I said, my business is expanding in this area. We're looking for a couple of people to head up teams. And, you know, if you know anybody who has XYZ type of characteristics, then let me know. And I would love to chat with them or you know, maybe it's you. I don't know. Is it okay if we follow up? I'd like to chat. Maybe next week we could chat or something. You know, keep it loose and casual. One of the biggest secrets that I've learned throughout my time in network marketing is to 
pull away your offer. You know, when you're talking to somebody, you say, well, you know, we're expanding our business. I'm just giving this as an example, you guys. It could be for anything. But, you know, our business is expanding in this area. We're looking for a few people to head up teams that, you know, like to, you know, like to meet people and that are looking to earn additional income part-time or maybe more. I, you know, it just depends. Um, maybe that's you. Maybe it's somebody you know. And if it's not, that's totally fine. I don't want you to feel weird about it or anything. But in case if that's, that is you or somebody you know, please let me know and we can chat about it. But what I'm saying with that, just that example is if that's not you, that's okay. Or even when I'm sharing product, you know, say someone says, well, I'm having this restful, restless, actually, I just did it to somebody yesterday, to be honest. This person was uh, dealing with sugar craving, actually. I was going to use the sleep example because it's one of my favorites, but this person has a sugar craving thing going on. And I said, <laughs> I literally said in the conversation, let me look back at my phone here. It was very, very funny. I said something like, um, let me look at our conversation. It was really good. Um, <laughs> so she was talking to me about, you know, she likes, she was talking to me about her diet. She's venting to me. Mind you, this is the person I met on Facebook. And she said to me, you know, I'm so tired of all these diets. You know, I, I love food and I can't eat all this meat to like everybody wants you to eat, blah, 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 whatever. I just asked her, you know, what kind of foods do you like? You know, just really just conversation, you guys being a normal human being interested in another human being. And she said, well, I like most foods. I just like sweet. And I responded, you crave? And she said, yes. Well, I've got a few ideas if you're open. And that's how I opened the conversation. And, and, and it was like normal and fine. So just if you're open, if you can, if you, I know her very well, I can say that. But if I didn't know her, I'd say, you know, if not, that's okay. But what if it helped with your craving and you wouldn't eat like your furniture for dinner with ketchup on it? So that is a way you could do that. So with the out and about prospecting or any friend that you make, you know, start practicing with new conversations especially if you're a little bit of a shy person or an introvert, just the next time you go out, make a point to talk to two new people and, and see how that goes. It, actually, you'll realize it truly is a superpower when you can do this. Um, number seven here in my little list of things is you're doing ads. And I'm a, a huge advocate of ads. I love ads. But you, you know, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, you can geo-target ads to your area. You know, Google has ads, Facebook has ads, YouTube has ads, Instagram has ads, you know, pretty much every platform has ads now, you know, even if you go into Pinterest and stuff, but you can geo-target to your area. You can start with low budget, you, you know, coupled out, you know, $5 a day is low budget. You can go up from there with your budgeting. Really, this type of marketing is best if you use it after you get stuck or you're, you know, you're, you already gone through your market personally and you're working into the next layer and you're really looking for some fresh people to become friends with and then, you know, work with their networks and help them is then to do ads. And now ads are things you could do for events that you might be hosting, or if you're going to be doing a vendor event, you could promote that. You know, you might have a, um, a meet and greet for local businesses, you know, at a place that you can host them at and you can say, hey, come meet other entrepreneurs in the area. You know, it's just going to be like a general mixer. We're going to have, 
hors d'oeuvres and you know coffee and wine or something whatever but you can use the power of online ads to be very local sometimes people think that ads are just international or national and you can bring them down extremely tight to a local area i think within 10 miles is the smallest like you put in a zip code and within 10 miles of that i'm pretty sure it could be five miles i don't remember very good way um, if you live in a very populated area i've also worked with people who have lived in the middle of nowhere and as part of the topic for today is like what do you do if you do live in the middle of nowhere you can target ads you know within a few zip codes or you can open put in your zip code and you can put within 50 miles or something like that. Then you can put in a couple other towns around you to just make it a little bit bigger area. I, I've known people have done that and done very well. I mean, talk, I'm talking like they live in the middle of like nowhere, Oklahoma, okay? And it's done very, very well. Okay, so let's talk about buying leads. And I've got another topic coming up about buying leads, but one thing I just am gonna say about buying leads is that you can, use leads for like for practicing your scripts you can meet people and i know a lot of lead companies you can geo target to your area or your state and i think maybe phone number area code depends on the lead vendor it is something that is not on the top of my list but i know people have done it so there's that <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that there Number nine here is meetup.com or eventbrite.com, even yelp.com and facebook.com. They have massive calendars. And if you host events, get on those calendars. Like I said, you could have a meet and greet for businesses. You could have uh, a day of interest of topic that you know, kind of know your market. Like I could put in there, you know, women sleep you know, secrets on uh, next Thursday at 7 p.m. at such and such a place. And you could post this on these events on Meetup, Eventbrite, Yelp, and they will do free promotion for you. They'll put it on their page so then they, you can see it. Even the Facebook has these events. And if you go to the event tab on Facebook, you're going to see everything going on in your area. You can scroll through for the dates or whatever it is. Uh, this past weekend, my friend is a horse trainer, and she did an open house for her horse training business. And we had, I mean, I, I, we had to have had at least 100 people. It could have been more. Even the mayor showed up. He, the mayor showed up to the event. I was standing in the parking lot, and I'd see a family pull up with their, you know, they'd get out of the car, the parent and the little kids and i said wow have you ever been here before and they said no i'm like well do you know jen my friend no if you you know so is this your first time yeah well cool and i would tell them you know about okay go on this side of the barn and that's this and the other side of the barn is that at least 100 people i don't know what the final count is because my i haven't talked to my friends since, since saturday but i mean i have but i didn't i don't know if she has a tally but she did extraordinarily well and she put it on Eventbrite, she put it on Facebook, she promoted it on Instagram and Facebook itself, like as an event, and she used the hashtags of the city in that area, and like, I guess there's some hashtags like Minnesota, or like, um, like wherever the town is, Maple Grove events, or things to do, or, you know, there's different hashtags that she used, and we had a 
bunch of people. It was amazing. Of course, I'm in my glory because I'm a marketer and I'm like, look at her rock this thing, you know, and she's leveraging the power of you know, her network, her clients and her friends sharing that event. She also relied on social media to put out the word. And she, like I said, she even had the mayor <laughs> show up. So how cool is that? So it's just, those events are really cool if you're doing things and get creative, open houses or meet and greets or whatever, right? And then another strategy that is good, especially if you're in an area and you're new or you're like, you know, kind of living out in the middle of nowhere, if everywhere there are little towns and, and companies tucked into here and there. And a lot of companies, and this is especially beneficial if you work with a wellness product. Okay, is to call the companies, and I was in human resources once, and they have employee wellness programs. At least they, they love to tout about these employee wellness programs, but they really, most companies I found don't even really have a wellness plan. So you can call the human resource person at the company and say, hey, you know, my name is Jen or whatever your name is. And, you know, I'm a, you know, I have a business in town. And what I like, you know, what I do is I can, assist your company with uh, a wellness in service do you knew, do anything like that you know about stress or how to um you know manage your time especially the stress one is really big you guys and a lot of them will say yes you know they call them eaps employee assistance programs or employee wellness programs and you can ask them i, I personally i would just call and say you know i am uh you know a wellness advocate in the area and do you do in-services for your employees, uh, you know, for, you know, employee wellness or things like that? And you would be amazed how that goes. They often have wellness fairs. You could ask them, do you do wellness fairs? Absolutely, company. I've done many, many, many wellness fairs at companies in the past. Ironically, some of them were pharmaceutical companies, <laughs> airlines, you know, things like that, bigger companies, they will have wellness fairs for their employees. So if you have the chutzpah to call companies and talk to human resources, ask them if they do in-services or if they have any wellness fairs for their employees. So it's all dependent on us, you and me and our teams to reach out and get creative with finding people that we can talk to and support with our business or our product. It's very much about that versus letting things happen to, you know, just fall out of the sky and into your lap so that you can, you know, just sponsor them like just a miracle. It's not how it goes. The person that is working their business and getting the word out and sowing a lot of seeds and showing up everywhere, even if it's in a small community, especially in small communities, you will get noticed fast. And in smaller communities, what happens is, especially like me when I was new in Fargo, Fargo is not super small, it's like 200,000 people. But you don't just walk in to Fargo and like be like, hey, I'm like from Chicago and like join my team. You know, it took me over a year to sow seeds. And I met somebody at a networking event that really opened the door for me to meet people. And we just went to event after event and we did it and we did it, we did it. And we did very well. 
you know, sponsoring people, but it took us sowing seeds. I mean, I already had volume of like 65 to $85,000 a month and I could not sponsor a soul when I moved to Fargo. It took me over a year. I would do events at my office that I had leased out and I'd have 10 people come there and nobody would enroll. I was like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? I'm broken. But that was just how the market was. I, they needed to watch me for a while before they would enroll. It was a very strange thing. <laughs> so you've got to know your community. So anyways, that is for tonight. I hope this was extremely helpful. And then next time, I'm not sure what the topic is for next time. I have to, let me see if I can find that here. For next week, I'm going to talk about lead lists. I talk a little bit about them today, but there's multiple types of leads lists and I'm going to get into that because there are people that have you know, use that or like that in the past. So I will see you guys next week. And I hope this was a wonderful learning experience for you and you can pull some good value out of it.